Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Enjoy the show. Today's episode is brought to you by PRMG. PRMG is proud to offer AIM members world-class solutions that help brokers like you create speed to lead and compete with the larger lenders. Enjoy a full suite of state-of-the-art technology and world-class training from the masters themselves, Barry Habib and Dale Vermillion, all absolutely free. Remember, we don't grow without TPO. Find out how PRMG and its competitive pricing can help grow your business. Get connected today by logging into the AIM member portal at brokersarebetter.com. All right. Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. I'm your host, J.P. Hussey of the Hussey Team Mortgage Advisors. Today, I have my good friend, Andrew Yanni, broker owner of Fast Action Mortgage. What's up, man? What's up, J.P.? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I think I heard... Uh, Right before this, because we had some uh, technical difficulties that second yeah. day in a new office. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just, I'm still, you know, just still getting settled here into this new office. We moved probably three miles. So we're kind of still in the same area. But I decided to just, even though, you know, the market isn't what, you know, everybody wants it to be. Um, my old office is a little run down. I wanted to get into a nicer spot. And, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm betting hey, on myself, man. Betting on myself. That's what I'm saying. Man, if if yeah. you're not going up, you, then you're not trying, I guess. You know, you can't yeah, be yeah, staying stagnant. Sure. I mean, I'm with you, man. I think everyone can relate. I'm dealing with the, I'm looking over at my other screen. I got appraisal issues going on right now. I got this. It's always something, right? But that's why we're in mortgages, why we make the big bucks, they say. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. So, so you're in, uh, am I right? Are you in LA County? I'm in Orange County. Orange which is, County, I'm sorry. Um, probably, I mean, from downtown LA, we're probably about 30 miles. All right, cool. Yeah. So you're just yeah. at, yeah, you're in Orange just County. South of LA, south of LA. We're in Santa Ana, California, which is about 30, 30 miles away. All right, so Santa Ana, all right, cool. I'm all the way on the other side. I'm in Philly. All right, so I'm East Coast. So how's the market out there right now? Tell us a little bit about your market. Yeah, yeah. So the market right now, I mean, Right now, I mean, I think the whole nation is dealing with the lack of inventory in general. Yep. Um, but here it's here it's pretty bad. Um, a lot of my buyers are, unless you're a cash buyer, but like most obviously I'm not working with cash buyers, right? So yep. these they're running into issues where we're having to remove appraisal contingencies. We're having to lower loan contingencies just to, just to get offer accepted. Um, there was a property here, and then another thing is just. The main issue with the area that I'm in right now, man, is affordability. Yep. I've been talking about it a lot on my own social media, but just affordability in my area, it's getting absolutely ridiculous. So mm -hmm. just to give you like a little bit of an example, a starter home, a starter home in this area, you're talking about a three bed, two bath with a garage, mm -hmm. basic home, 13, 1400 square feet. I'm in escrow today. Uh, in a city, Anaheim, Anaheim Angels, you heard mm -hmm. of them. Yeah. Um, 850,000. I have a woman, she's putting down, she's putting down 5%. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So um, her credit score is seven thirty, seven forty. Mm-hmm. Rates are in the mid sevens. She's getting, yep. you know, obviously she has the mortgage insurance. Payments just above seven thousand dollars. Wow. For a Crazy. starter home. Mm-hmm. So, and I was just talking to other people. So now, if you're paying the seven grand for a starter home, that means combined income. In my opinion, it should be about twenty. Because once you make twenty, you're taking home fifteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you've got to live. So you're taking home fifteen, taking home fourteen, and then you know, then the house is half of it. So anyway, it's just not a lot of people making twenty grand a month. It's just not no. realistic. No, I'm Money with income. you. Yeah, I yeah, mean that's yeah. that's a big question. So I'm assuming you got a in your area. Is that a high balance loan, not jumbo? It's a high balance. It's a high. Uh, balance. Yeah, we don't have much high balance out my way. Um, so ours are mostly jumbo, you know, if you go that high, yeah. um, so you yeah. got the high balance and you're not wrong. I mean, this is where, uh, and I'm sure you're like this as well. I can hear it in your voice. This is why being an advisor right now and not some loan jockey, um, and actually saying, you don't want to say no, no. Right. But you want right. to advise people on their options. You know, I've talked to many people like, listen, I, I'm really good at getting loans done, but does this make sense for you? You know? And, and hey, it's their uh, uh, decision ultimately, but that power of giving people options and protecting them, that's playing the long game, right? I mean, it's not playing the short game. And I'm sure you've had those combos with people and maybe they don't do it, but guess what they're doing once things settle down? They're coming right back to you for everything, you know? So that's being an advisor and we'll talk about that, but anything to take on that? No, no, 100%. That's... You know, I give people the options. I, I make sure that they can afford the payments. That's the big thing in our area. So yeah. I, I want to make sure because if somebody loses their job, especially, you know, it's a, it's a husband and wife house, household. If it is a husband and wife household, one person loses their job. Oh, we're, you know, we're out of luck here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's no good. You don't want that. You don't yeah, want that yeah. at all. Um, but I mean, we're still, I do a lot of conforming as well. We have another area here near me. I mean, we call it the Inland Empire, which is like uh, Riverside County. Yeah. San Bernardino County, where it's a little bit more affordable. So everybody from here, which is Orange County, LA County, everybody's moving out where you can still get homes. I mean, depending on where you're at, I mean, you're probably a $600,000 starter home. Yeah, still. So, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's right. still, still pretty expensive. Yeah. Nice. I got you, man. All right. Well, that, that's a little good update on your market. Everyone's in different markets that are going to listen right. to this. So, we're all in it together, man. At East Coast, West Coast, uh, it's about the same stuff, you know. Um, I want to learn a little bit about you, right, and and how you got in the industry. So take us from the beginning, man. Like, how did you get into mortgages? No one decides I am going to get into mortgages, right? So no. tell us your story. No, I never thought I was going to do mortgages. So I, I first started in – I mean, I first started out – I mean, my whole career, career, I, I wanted to be, you know, I was about to be an attorney. So, you know, I took my LSAT and I tried to go that route, but I was applying to law school in 2009, which was the, I, I heard it was the number one year where law schools got the most applications. Yeah. The so year after the mortgage crash. Yeah, the year after the mortgage crash. So I, I didn't get into any of the schools that I wanted to get into. So, and at the time, in 2008, I graduated college and I was, you know, doing my LSAT and stuff in 09. I was started with loan mods. It was the only thing. Uh-huh. I didn't know what else to do with my life, basically. Uh-huh. Like, I was, that's basically what it was. I was 22, didn't know what I was going to do with my life. So, 
I just got, you know, ended up in loan mods. You know, I'm on, at the time, it's like you're looking on Craigslist looking for jobs. So that's, you know, they what's in, uh, what's in now, uh, Zip Recruiter and all that right now. Yeah, Indeed. yeah, um, yeah. Or LinkedIn now. Back then it was really Craigslist. So I'm, I'm on, you know, Craigslist. I find, you know, they, they promise you a ton of money. Of course. I went um, from 2008 to 2010. I jumped around low mob companies. Uh, they got shut down left and right. I mean, I, I honestly probably didn't make any money. I literally made nothing. Like, mm-hmm. almost, like literally nothing from 2008. In 2010, I ended up getting a, a job with a company that audits mortgages. So I mm-hmm. was I was auditing all the mortgages that crashed, you know, in, in the crash, in 2008 yep. crash, basically. But we were working on behalf of the mortgage insurance company. Mm. Um, and I finally got an hourly job. I, they started me at like 14 bucks an hour, just mm-hmm. you know, something to get in the door. And that at that time, believe it or not, that was the most money I've ever made. So 14 bucks an hour. Yeah. And, um, I stayed there for two years auditing mortgages. Um, and then in 2012, um, I ended up hanging out with one of my best friends who, you know, he was a loan officer, basically. He was basically a loan officer in the industry in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the one, you know, he was killing it with streamlines at the time in 2012. FHA he, streamlines out. That's yeah. my second year in the business, baby. I loved it. Yeah. 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 So he was, you know, he's telling me how much money he's going to make and how many deals he has in the pipe. And I'm like, Oh crap. You know, I'm making, you know, 16 bucks an hour or whatever I was making at the time. I was like, this sounds like crazy money. And I, again, I was kind of in the industry, but I still didn't have a real career path. So, you know, he got me in. Um, he got me into a company and I, at the time I was actually getting my license. So I got my license at that time in 2012, I believe I got it. So I'm sure I was one of the first people to get my license. Um, and yeah, from pretty much from 2012 or 2023 now, Mm -hmm. I've been in it. There was a year where I did drop out, um, in 2014. Yeah. I did drop out and try to do something else. Then 2015 brought me right back in. Yeah. I, I, Why, why'd I, you drop out? Was it get, did you get a little burned out? We all burn out in this industry. I was burned, burned out, but also like I wasn't making the income. I really yeah. just wasn't making the income that I thought that I was supposed to be making. Yeah. And I, you know what? I didn't have, I didn't have good leadership. He was a friend of mine. He wasn't like uh, a leader. He, he was an LO, right? He Sales was just guy. an LO. Yeah. He was yeah. just an LO. And um, I bounced around a few companies and, um, actually at that time, I, I just couldn't find a good mentor. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, I, you know, I just basically bounced out of the industry. I tried to do the Amazon FBA. I tried to do, you know, all kinds of little side gigs, but, mm-hmm. but I came back in 2015. And actually I tell my loan officers all the time. I had my like coming to Jesus moment, which is basically like, I told myself that I, um, you know, I, I got a degree in, I know I got a, you know, I had, I had a master's degree in, in business at the time mm-hmm. now still on top of that i have my broker's license i have my mls i was like i'm all in so i looked myself in the face and i'm like if these other guys can do it there's no reason i can't do it never since then i just you know i went full force i basically mm-hmm. told myself i can do it and ever since then it's pretty much been uh, i'm not going to say it was easy but yeah. i think it was just more of a mentality change mm-hmm. that like kind of brought me to that point and ever since then, yeah, it's been, um, 
like I said, it's just it's been rolling basically. Nice. I've just been getting more and more and more and more uh, clients, more and more you know real yeah. referrals, etc. So when when did you start uh, Fast Action? When did you open that up? Um, Fast Action was started in early, I would say February, March of 2019. Yeah, yeah, so okay. Over about two and a half years. It's um, funny. I, I do a bunch of these, man. Four and, uh, and a half years, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, four and a half. I do a bunch of these. And that's when we started ours the end of 2018. I had my same come to Jesus. I'm like, listen, I got to, I have my own brand. I've been rolling this way. I'm working for a company. I need to go all in with this, right? And that's when that this second wave or the new age uh, brokerage really came about. Think about it, right? 2018, yeah. 2019. That's when it kind of started. So I was the same thing. We closed our first deal, I think, February 2019, you know, February yeah. or March, right? So same same thing. So like, why did you decide? Because I'm sure you were kind of rolling 2016, 17, 18. Yeah. Why did you decide you were already rolling? Why did you decide you had to go do this? Um, okay, so yeah, 2000, from 2015 to 2018, I was working at another um, broker, non-delegated shop, friend yeah. of mine here locally. We had a great relationship, but I just, you know, the way he was doing things and the way he was leading his company, I just thought I could kind of do it a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And then actually I saw that, um, and then I saw all the retail guys. I saw, I saw all the numbers that the... I saw the numbers retail guys were doing, basically. Um, excuse me. You're good. Um, yeah, so I saw all the numbers the retail guys were doing. You talk about, you know, the guaranteed rates and, you know, cross mm -hmm. countries and all that. They're doing crazy numbers. So yep. for about nine months, I joined a company between 2018 and 2019. I joined a company called AmeriFirst Financial. They're, a, they're just, you know, your basic retail lender. Because um, I wanted to see how the quote unquote big boys did it. And I realized that they're really not doing anything special. So I stayed there for a little bit. And during that time at the end, I was like, no, I need to start my own company. And and, and the rates were super padded. I'm so, I was selling, no doubt. you know, I was selling like really padded rates. Rates with like, you know, your branch margins like three points. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, then, nothing yeah, to take away, nothing to take away from uh, the junior rates or. Yeah, nothing to take away from a G rate or a cross country. They got a system, man, and they have a lot of people they got to feed, right? Um, so you're really more. You tell me if I'm wrong. You're more of I don't want to say figurehead, but you're the one getting the deals in. Then you just pass it off here, boom, 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 and, and some of it works, right? Um, but if you're someone that likes to kind of control the process a bit more, be more advisory, this is a spot to be because. You can really you can shop things around and you can control that pricing for for the most part, right? Even on a quarterly basis, if you're changing your comp or lowering it, when you're the owner, right. it's a different story. I know we have some weird stuff with borrower paid nowadays, but when you're the owner, and I'm not a lawyer or any of that stuff, but when you're the owner, borrower paid's a bit easier because it's going to the bottom line, right? It's not like one of your LOs. It's a bit differently. So a lot of things there. I'm sure you had a billion reasons for becoming your own owner. Yeah. yeah, a lot of it is like you said, it was the control. Um, I was also used to like kind of having just pretty much having control of my own money and getting and getting exceptions on pricing was new to me. I, all the yep. other companies I worked at were like smaller companies. Just, you know, it's just, it was hard. It's hard for somebody to go from having control to trying to go up the ladder just to get things done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
that's kind of where, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, uh, fast action again. Tell us um, your setup. Like, do you have employees, LOs? Tell us what you have going on there to give everyone an idea. Sure, sure. So right now I have um, I have two processors, and then I have my LOA. So those are my like three like operational staff that I have. In okay. The house. And then we have um, you know the, the, I lose the number, but probably six to eight loan officers. Just okay. Not everybody's yeah, producing, so yeah, turnover. Not everybody's producing all that kind of stuff. So, so we're we're a group of roughly ten. Uh, we're Good. we're a smaller, you know, we're a smaller shop. Hey, it's bigger than me, man. We got our we got our one processor. I got myself. I still produce. I got Nikki, my brother, and we have Paul um, over here, and then we have an ops uh, uh, person who just had a baby. But that's it, man. We like to keep it small, nimble. You know, cost focus. We're a family. You know, we never want to have to, you know, let someone go. So we keep it small, man, and we just grind, man. You know, we we talk a little bit, a lot about, you know, eat what you kill. You know, it sounds weird, but that's how we like it. We want to eat what we kill. You know, we don't want to have to rely on other people. So, yeah, that's my LO's line. Better call Paul, we call him, like, better call Saul. He eats what he kills. Absolutely, you know? man. Yeah, so, yeah. Totally. Cool. So you have you have that 10-ish in that range, right? Right. Get that. What do you, in terms of your tech, let's start there to give everyone an idea. What's your starting look like? If a client comes to you, I want to get pre-approved first. Tell, take us through until sure. somebody closes. And what systems you're using? Okay, well, um, right now we moved to Arrive. So 2023, since I started in late 2022, but officially the company's been from January 1st. We're using Arrive. So we're using the Arrive um, the Arrive POS. Mm -hmm. So a client will, you know, log in through Arrive, do their app, upload all their documents. Um, hopefully, that's for all the more, you know, the techie people. We do have kind of older borrowers sometimes that still have mm -hmm. to email, still have to uh, kind of be handheld a little bit, which we're definitely more than willing to do. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, people these days are getting used to technology, and you know, every you know every industry now is using apps and all this kind of stuff. So. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we start with Arrive, everything kind of goes in there, and, you know, that's where we can kind of, you know, that's where we review the app, we kind of see where you're at, and that's where also the pre-approvals are generated. I add my realtors to that platform, um, so my realtors get notices of everything that's going on as well, and yeah, that's basically through Arrive. Cool. Um, yeah, we use Arrive as well. We just implemented it uh, this year as well. We use a combo of LendingPad and Flowify, which was great. And then we just took the videos we had with Flowify because we had that tight and just moved them right over to Arrive. And listen, man, I was there in the beginning when Arrive started. It wasn't ready. It wasn't ready. It wasn't ready. That's why I didn't go. It's ready, in my opinion. You know, it's it's a it's like you brought up. You have some like we do. You have some maybe older clients or not tech savvy clients, whatever it is. I'm the same way. Like you can't go overly techy because then you lose the human interaction anyway whether it's for someone that's not techie or not. What I say to our team is use tech to help us save time so then we can have more of those human conversations, right? You touch on that. I'm sure it's the same same type of thing with you. No, no, 100%. I also like to, I mean, even the older people now, they use text messages. Yeah. So that's what I tell all my, my LOs to do. I text all my realtors and I text all the clients, you know, frequently. Um, I use text messages for everything in communication with clients. 
obviously the older people, you know, sometimes they need phone calls, but most people are on the go. So I text everybody constantly. Um, and I try to, I mean, I try to limit, I personally try to limit the calls mm-hmm. um, just because I can only do so many deals and kind of, some, I mean, I hate to say it, but some people kind of just keep you on the phone for a little bit too long. And kind of oh, no doubt. We all, yeah. can, we all know that. Yeah. So I kind of just try to, a lot of the stuff is business related. Hey, you know, I just saw it. I'm just getting updates over text messages. Talk about, um, talk about the Android iPhone thing. I know you were trying to touch on that. Yeah. So the, the Android versus, I mean, I'm an Android guy. I've been Android forever. The only reason is because all our systems use Microsoft and then I, know. I text, I text from my computer. So I would have to get, I believe I have to get an Apple to text from my computer. It's huge. So I'm sending screenshots of stuff to borrowers. I'm sending them text messages, you know, from my phone, but it's technically from my computer, from my computer screen to their text message. So it just mm-hmm. has helped me out tremendously using text messages to communicate with people. And I do that through Google messages actually. So yeah. yeah. So everyone, everything is synced. Yeah. That's cool that you're droid. I am iPhone. We're cool. Yeah, we most people to... are iPhone. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. But for everyone out there to kind of help out, right. Definitely can do that with Jord. They were probably the leaders with that. iPhone, you have to have a Mac. You have to set up your phone with it. But I do the same thing. I have my text up right here. And right. it connects with the phone. I can do screenshots on my screen. Text, text, text. That's all we do. I have text up more than I have email. They're next to each other right now. But that's like if you're not, I swear, I swear to God, if you are not using text messaging of some sort in today's world, like you need to. I know I've been doing it for 12 years before I even got into mortgages because I was like, I'm just getting simple answers back. All I need to know, I don't have to waste 10 minutes on a phone call with a bunch of the BS fluff, which everyone agrees with that, right? You right. can get direct answers. You can show people videos. You can show people screenshots. It actually helps them out. So if you're not using some sort of text messaging to customize for your clients, like you have to do it. I don't know what else to tell you. I don't get too bold on this thing, but if you're not doing that, you have to. And and that's what Andrew's talking about. Whether you're iPhone or Droid, obviously do it and get your laptops connected, whether you're iPhone or Droid. You can do all of this stuff. So, but not to cut you off, Andrew, I just want to prove a point there. No, no, I'm with you. Yeah, I text all day. And because I, I do have some guys in my office and some guys I can see, like I told you before, they're on the phone for too long talking about stuff that has just, I guess they're trying to build rapport, and rapport is important. Don't get me wrong, but it just goes on for way too long. Oh. I mean, you're talking about like the pool guy you use and, and where you go. It's just <laughs> too much. It's, it's talk, you know. Yeah. For me, I mean, if you try to do 10, 12 deals a month, you can't be on the phone that long talking about. No way. Too much going now. on. So we talked about arrive, right? We're talking about using some text messaging. Um, what what else do you have? Do you have any CRM type things? Any other tech that you're using? So that's the thing right now. I got Bonzo. Um, I got Bonzo probably three to four months ago. My, but my issue right now with Bonzo is that I haven't had time to fully set it up. And yep. the truth be, I don't even log in. Um, and it's it's a problem. I know it is. So it's something that, and I know it's, it's I needed a CRM. Mm-hmm. We were using. Before that, we were using Velocify, which was totally uh, refinance-based, mm-hmm. compass-based. But but now, you know, it's a different market. We've had Bonzo for a while. Like I said, I just need to get, I need to deep dive into it. I need to set out 
either a couple hours. Um, and actually, I reached out to the, the broker platform online to try to. I'm looking for somebody to just set it up for me. I yep. want everything set up so I can just put my clients in there and they can integrate to arrive. And yeah, well, I, just, I I need a vendor basically to do it for me. But that's our setup, Bonzo to arrive right now. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know I would think I think Bonzo is a partner with AIM. So, you know, hit up AIM. I'm sure they got someone that can run it through you. I know they're a big partner, but they do say the best CRM out there is the one you actually use, Andrew. So that's the one. I mean, I'll, I'll let you guys in on a secret. We don't even have a CRM, right? We use Arrive. Uh, we, we reach out. We have we, I still use pieces of paper. I mean, old school of running down my hot lists. Um, that's what we use. I mean, Facebook's big. I have all my clients there. That's kind of like my CRM. But we're really just kind of taking it as it comes. And that's kind of our CRM, to be honest with you. But more the power to people that are use, actually using them, getting them set up correctly. But we're just kind of on the go and people hit us up when they need us type of deal. I mean, unfortunately, I'm the same way. I mean, we have the bonds, but we're not using it. So I'm the same way. I mean, I'm papering. I, I have Excel. I have Excel with like drop down menus. Mm-hmm. I yeah. customize my Excel sheets and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But And it works great. It, it pretty much is a CRM, but it's not as, you know, it's just for me to leave notes and for me to kind of see where my pipeline's at. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But once their deals, they go into arrive. Like when I'm just following up, so to speak, um, they're in. They're in Excel. Yeah. Nice, nice. All right. So if we're talking, we just talked about when we got the client, what actually happens. All right. But to be able to do any of that, right? Let's talk a little bit about the marketing side. How are you? If you don't have leads, you're not doing any of the things we just discussed this whole episode, right? So let's talk about the marketing side a bit. And a couple things that you're doing there to get people into the door and staying out there. Um, well, right now, uh, well, okay, I, I guess I could give you some, one of my goals in 2023 was to get on social media. Mm-hmm. So get like heavily on social media. So I do three reels a week. I go out, I have a, I have a marketing guy that basically brings his camera and edits my reels. So we do three reels a week. I mean, personally, I put them on my Instagram. And I also tag them to my company's Instagram, mm-hmm. and Facebook, and you know, all TikTok, all that other stuff. Um, but that is recent, right? So before that, I'm, I've basically just been kind of a boots on the ground LO. Um, I've built a referral network now over the last, I mean, it's been 10 plus years where I've been strictly an LO. So mm-hmm. me personally, I've built a decent enough little like referral base or realtor base. Um, and I just basically get from one realtor to the next realtor. They just see that I do a good job and from one client to the next client, et cetera, et cetera. And it's kind of like trickled from there. It's been just like real estate. It's a long game. I don't, since the rates have completely shot up, we haven't done any, um, direct to consumer marketing. We kind of mm-hmm. stopped all of that. We honestly, we lost a ton of money in 2022 trying to chase the market, mm-hmm. trying to chase leads and all that. So once the rate started ticking up a little bit, I completely shut it off. We were about to literally go bankrupt trying to spend money on marketing. That's a lot, yep. Yeah. Time, so, and, time and money, yep. Yeah, we were doing um, we were doing a lot of mailers during the refinance boom, but mailers are super expensive. If anybody yeah, has done direct mail, yeah. Oh yeah. So anyway, long story short, right now it's just literally physical, just. The old school way, basically, is what we're doing is now nothing special. Physically meeting with realtors, trying to do Zoom calls, 
mm-hmm. um, you know, your financial advisors. We have a divorce attorney in our building that one of my real that one of my loan officers gets referrals from. Um, you know, things like that. Nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's what a lot of it goes back to. I mean, at the end of the day, we can have all this tech and all this video, which we can talk about more, but it's still about relationships. People want someone they can trust. So, I mean, everyone out there that I, I've been there where, you know, I'll lay awake all night, like, how can I really fine tune my social media and using this and that? And that's a part of it, right? You can't be 100% social media because if you do that, you still got to be able to talk to humans once a lead comes in. Right. And you and you still have to do certain things. So I think you have a right. It's a right now. It's a mix of that new school and, and old school. And and I'll say the people out there that know they got to get on social media. You said you're fairly newer to it. Right. Um, I've been doing it like 10 years, but still have the human interaction. Right. It's always be yourself. Right. On there. People want that that human interaction. And if you don't have someone that can follow you around with a camera, kind of like you do, Andrew, or it comes in. Right. Right. All you need is this. I still use my phone. I set it up in front of me. It's pretty easy to cut up. People just want to see something. It doesn't have to always be perfect. I get it. But imperfection, people like it. They know you're human. They're going to want to go work with you. It's really that simple as well. So so anyway, we were talking more about uh, that old school, new school marketing. If you're if you're if you're scared to use video, number one, just start doing it. You can just use your phone and people want that human interaction, that imperfection. They're more likely to go to you because sometimes we don't give that consumer enough credit. Like they're smarter than we give them credit for. They can sniff out the ones that that are just posting and hoping to get you in to go transfer to somebody else. They actually want to work with the person that they're seeing and and not saying you can't have systems in place. But as long as they're reaching out, you're human, you're starting that convo with them, you're telling them the situation, you're advising them. I mean, it's layups. The clients aren't going to leave you. You know, obviously there's pricing things, but not really. Pricing's there. They're going to stay with you is what it is. I think you've you've seen some of that as well, right? No, no, no. hundred percent. Like, I actually haven't generated a ton of actual leads off my social media, but what it is, is, it's just social proof. At this point, it's just social proof. I'm not, a, you know. Well, I've been on social media now for years, but I just went hard the last yep. year. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's my, my realtors will look me up. My realtors will send me my own posts. Hey, I got a client for this. It's more about that. And I add all my realtors to my social media. Um, on top of that, my clients, if they save your number in your phone, in their phones, you come up, oh, somebody you may know. So that, that happens to me a lot. So. So, you know, I'm, when I say a realtor to my phone, they come up on people people you may know. So, yep. you know, all that stuff happens. Um, so that's just the benefit of being on social media. And, just, and I'm, like you said, I'm in their face a little bit more. Mm-hmm. On there. Yeah, so, I, I would uh, recommend for everyone out there listening to, to uh, you know, out there to this, whether you're calling real estate agents or you're using social media or whatever you're doing, you got to be consistent with it. You can't. You can't post one video and then that's it. And then you're like, where are the leads? No, you have to consistently do it on a daily basis, a weekly basis, monthly basis, and then you'll start seeing the the, the returns. So consistency is key, what I found over the years. And I'm sure with you too, Andrew, whether it is social media or something else, the consistency has got to be it. No, 100%. And that's why I've tried to have been consistent this last nine, 10 months. I've 
all my reels go out, you know, weekly. Um, and I try to put them in the mornings as well. So mm -hmm. my reels go out in the mornings. I, I realize that when they go out in the mornings, they actually get a little bit more traction versus mm -hmm. kind of later in the day. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like you said, it's all just about the consistency. And I know it's going to take years. Uh, just like real estate's a long game, so is social media. Yep. You have to be on there for a long time. And people have to see your face. I forget, there's, there's stats, but... You know, it's just a crazy amount of times have to see your face before they even realize what it is that you do. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that's yeah. that consistency factor right there. Just doing it over and over seems right. to work at some point. Um, yeah, Andrew. So we're we're thirty five minutes in right now. I always try to end this with one or two questions, the same one. So I'm gonna put you on the spot here right mm -hmm. now. Uh, so first one, if you if you're new to this industry or if you're someone trying to reinvent themselves, which we're constantly doing right in this industry, no matter how long you've been in it, what's one or two things you would tell him or her? I'm sorry, you cut off a little bit. Sorry. So, so something that, um, someone that reinvent, yeah, reinvent, reinvent yourself, or if you're new to the industry, what's something you would tell that person? So you have a new LO coming in. What's mm -hmm. something you're going to tell them to get off, get off and running? I mean, if you want to get off and running, um, the first thing, if you don't have, we just talked about it. The big thing is number one, social media. You've mm -hmm. got to get on social media and you've got to reach out to literally, I know I hate, it's a kind of a broken record, but reach out to everybody you know. Yeah. Everybody in your sphere, those are the people that know you. Even friends and family, but a little bit outside that, get, get back on your Facebook. Let everybody mm -hmm. know what you're doing because that's mm -hmm. where you're first going to get deals. You see what realtors your relatives have been working with. If your relatives were working with certain realtors, they're more likely to use you because there's a connection right there. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I don't know if you said this, but I don't, people, some people try to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, a lot of LOs, they come and try to like, they just kind of try to, you know, like I said, they reinvent the wheel. They try to do something that's never been done before. There's guys, I mean, I look at them, they're doing, you know, 20 loans a month, 15, 10 loans a month consistently. What are those guys doing? So I would say if you're new to the industry, get with a mentor, see what they're doing. And essentially, you're going to just try to emulate exactly what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, I would say maybe start as a junior. Start as a junior and kind of get your feet wet a little bit. Um, take a little bit less of a cut on each deal. Instead of getting X amount of commission, take half of that. Take half mm -hmm. of that. Let somebody have a little bit of, so they, mm -hmm. you know, a piece of the pie. So they can't, so they have an incentive because unfortunately in this business, not a lot of people want to work for free. No. So if you have, yeah. So if you got a senior loan officer that is in your office and you want them to mentor you, tell them, Hey, I'll let you have, you know, we'll figure out a comp structure where you can get half my, you know, half the commission on every deal will be yours, but I just need help. I want to see what you're doing. I want to be on your level. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I would suggest something like that as well. Yeah, no, those are those are great things. Everyone out there that's new or we're in a tougher market, you might have to reinvent yourself. Don't reinvent the wheel. Go see what other people are doing that are successful right now and maybe kind of copy some of the things. And most people in our industry, while they want to get paid for what they do, they're always willing to give you 10, 15, 20 minutes to try and help you out. I know I do, right? Um, yeah, and so last question. The mortgage industry, real estate, wherever it is, where do you see it heading in the next three to five years? Um, well, that's a good question, right? Um, everybody's been saying AI. Everybody's been saying that AI is going to take over. 
Um, the mortgage industry itself, I do feel that it's going to consolidate. I feel like the big banks are the big banks right now are getting squeezed out. There's the new rules that have been put on the big banks because all the bank collapses where banks have to hold more cash. Yep. So all the big banks are getting a lot more uh, restrictive in lending. Mm. So I do feel that, you know, us, we're positioned great. Independent mortgage experts, right? Independent mortgage brokers. We're set up for success. Our margins are thinner. I do feel like, in my opinion, that the retail lenders are also going to get squeezed out because everything's online. Pricing is all off. You can be, you need to be priced competitively. You can't be completely out of the market because everything is so transparent these days. Yep. So I do feel that things are going to go more broker and more, you know, more broker, non-delegated correspondence, people with thinner margins versus, you know, the fully delegated lenders that are um, out there with a huge margin and, you know, executives in place and things like that. I know they do serve a purpose, but if you're just talking about the future, I feel that they are going to get kind of squeezed out. But the, I think the banks are first. I think the banks are first to go. Mm -hmm. um, and then AI. AI is going to completely change the game. Um, unfortunately, LO comp might have to go down mm -hmm. uh, because you're doing, you're literally doing less work. Yeah. So LO comp will go down. AI will take over a little bit. There still needs to be some human interaction. And, you know, and the banks are going to get squeezed out of. The mortgage industry. Yeah. You know, Wells is already pretty much gone. Mm -hmm. um, the U.S. Bank just had a bunch of people laid off, um, in, especially in my area. The U.S. Bank just had a bunch of layoffs. And yeah, like I said, Wells is gone. So, again, that's just uh, kind of where I see the yeah. market heading. Yeah, and I agree. And, and I think a lot of the consumer likes those smaller type shops. They know they're nimble. They're going to be able to talk to a real human being. Yes, AI will be there. But I think people, when they're buying a house, it's a pretty emotional process. I think they want a human being to actually have some feelings. And that's something may, eh, you know, AI could have feelings someday, one day, but not really. Not I don't even. think so. <laughs> it's still not a human. Uh, no. Yeah. So, Andrew, yo, it was good to meet you, man. I, I wish you the best in the market. Of course, if you need anything, uh, please hit me up. All right. Thank you, JP, man. Thank you for having me. All right, buddy. Good luck. Attention, brokers. Step up to the plate and knock it out of the park at the largest annual gathering of independent mortgage professionals in the country, AIM's sixth annual Fuse National Conference. Katie Sweeney, Matt Ishbia, Renee Rodriguez, Dale Vermillion, and Todd Duncan round out an all-star lineup of mortgage masters. Network with thousands of MVP wholesale mortgage professionals and the industry's top brass lenders and vendors. Gear up your team and your business with electrifying keynote speakers, hands-on summit sessions, major mortgage news, and historic announcements. Get the lowest price of the season and save $200. Get your tickets at aimgroup.com backslash events. That is aimgroup.com backslash events.